Hello and welcome to Grace in the Marketplace. My name is Tafara Butai. Did you know that God is inside Kairos moments, divine connections, favor, unmerited strength for his children, for the marketplace? I like to call all of this God's grace in the marketplace. And so on this podcast, that's what we're going to be talking about and many other subjects. Let's check out today's podcast. And uh, we're going to jump straight into it. So we're going to pray and then get into today's session. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for yet another awesome, awesome, awesome privilege uh, to get together as your children and uh, just get into your word. Lord, we just thank you for insight. We thank you for revelation knowledge that will flow freely on this broadcast, unhindered and unopposed uh, by any demonic force. We pray that the word uh, will go forth unchecked and that it will minister grace to the hearers in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen well today uh we are going to uh go back to our foundational scripture uh which is genesis chapter number one from verse 26 to 28 uh and then we will uh get into today's class so genesis chapter number one verse 26 to 20 uh, eight, and I'm reading in the Message Bible. If you remember, uh, we've been reading in the in the Message Bible uh, since the beginning of the classes. And so it says in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, uh, God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. And then he says, God blessed them. And he puts a semicolon there, open inverted commas. We discussed uh, that these are the first words that uh, uh, mankind heard from the mouth of God. And so the first word uh, mankind ever heard from the mouth of God was prosper. And the second word was reproduce. The third was fill the earth. And uh, the, the last word was take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And so we looked at uh, prosper, prosperity, and what that represents uh, uh, in today's uh, uh, terms. And uh, uh, the second thing God told mankind was to reproduce and i said in the previous class that god could have planted the entire universe not just the entire uh, earth he could have planted the entire universe god has enough power uh, to plant the entire universe but in his wisdom god decided to just uh, uh, create and plant a, a garden and then he gave it uh, to Adam and that garden was filled with potential to multiply uh, and that potential was embedded in seed and uh, the reason why God gave it to him that way was he wanted Adam to have the ability to move the garden to any other part of the world and so if you take the seeds of the garden of Eden you can literally plant another garden in a different location and we said this is God's modus operandi if you if you will this is God's MO God's MO is to give you seed form ideas because uh, the potential in a seed is infinite it, it can never be uh, fully exhausted why because God wants you to keep growing and growing and growing into your uh, 
uh, potential. So we said everything with God starts small. It's going to start in a garden. Uh, what ends in, a, in, a, in, a, in the book of Revelations as a high-tech city started in a garden in the book of Genesis. That's just how God does things. And this is why it's very important. Uh, Zechariah chapter number 4 verse 10 says, Do not despise the days of small beginnings. Why? Because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Just to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. You know, the plumb line is what we call spirit level. Scripture here is saying in today's world, it's spirit level. Anybody ever seen spirit level? You know, I don't know if it's called spirit level here. But builders use spirit level to see if... uh, uh, everything is level and it's in line and so on and so forth. And here scripture says God gets excited just to see the worker leave his house carrying a spirit level. God really gets excited just to see you start doing the work. So God shows you the vision of a worldwide ministry. But you know what uh, really gets him excited is to see you take that first step. Uh, because everything with him is going to start small. And the next question usually is, so how do I move it from small to big? And that's the question we are going to be answering uh, today. So quickly, let's go to Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew chapter number 25. And we're going to read from verse 19 uh, to 29. Matthew 25 from verse 19 uh, to 29. This is just a quick preview. Uh, This is the story of the master who gave talents to his uh, uh, servants or stewards. Uh, To one guy he gave five, to another guy he gave two, and to another one he gave uh, one talent. And scripture says he gave them according to their several uh, abilities. And then he gave them an instruction. He says, now go uh, and do business. And uh, if you read uh, Luke's rendition of the same story, uh, he says, after the master gave out the talents, uh, he said, occupy until I come. Or in the NIV, do business until I come. So God has put potential in us, all of us. And the instruction uh, uh, from the Lord is for us to go out into the marketplace and the marketplace can be and we're going to talk more detail about that tomorrow but the marketplace uh looks different to different folks uh uh, bill bright in 1975 talked about the seven uh, mountains of influence and i believe we can really look at those seven different mountains and we'll be able to uh, see where god has called us and these seven are family so someone else may be called to the mountain of family uh the second one is media uh, and arts. Uh, the third one is entertainment, arts and entertainment. The fourth one is uh, uh, government. The fifth one is uh, uh, a polit- uh, I said government. The fifth one is family. And I think the sixth one is education. And the last one is the church. So these are the seven different areas of influence that we as believers can begin to Uh, start getting involved in man wouldn't it be awesome to have a a lot more christians in government today i'm sure you know i don't know which country you're from but you can say amen to that (laughs) you know it would be awesome to have some christians who have jesus principles 
in, in, in government. I mean, think about it. Jesus said the greatest among you uh, will not be chief. You know, he said the greatest among you will serve. That's the way Jesus leads. And it would be awesome to have civil servants that actually understand the definition of the word servant. But anyway, uh, moving right along swiftly. So this guy gave them talents. He gave to one five. He gave to another one two. And he gave to another one one. And he says, now go into the marketplace and uh, be productive. And so this is where we are reading now, verse 19. It says, after a long time, uh, if you're reading a manual Bible, you can underline that. And in fact, in fact, my wife told me that you can now underline in the, in the, in the iPad Bible. She showed me you can actually highlight the iPad. I didn't know that. You can, you know, there's a little trick you can highlight. So if you're reading the iPad Bible, you can also highlight uh, those first four words. It says, after a long time, we're going to come back uh, to that. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those seven, cometh and reckoneth with them so he came back to do a reconciliation and he that had received five talents came and brought another five and said lord you delivered unto me five talents behold i have gained beside them five more talents and his lord said unto him well done thou good and faithful uh, servant now watch this we're getting ready to read the law of promotion uh, you know, life is governed by law, and by law, I'm not talking about the 613 uh, laws of, of, of Moses in the Old Testament. I'm talking about a governing principle of a thing. Uh, gravity is a governing principle uh, of life here on the earth uh, uh, in the Old Covenant and in the New Covenant. It's just a continuing principle of life. You know, if you, whatever goes up must come down. If I hold this book up and let it go, it's going to go down. You don't have to worry, think about it, try to figure it out. Why? Because we know that it's uh, subjected to the governing principle of uh, uh, gravity. And here, Jesus is about to show us the governing principles of promotion. Yesterday, uh, uh, Ben asked a question around supernatural promotion, and we're going to answer it today. And he said here, Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, this is the governing principle of promotion according to uh, a God. Faithfulness over a few things will qualify us for promotion to be a ruler over many things. Did you hear those words? He says, you have been faithful over a few things. Now, the next word after that is I. And that word I represents God. God is saying, because you have been faithful over a few things, now this issue is, of promotion is now in my hands. God is saying, because you have been faithful over a few things, it's over to me now. I will make you ruler over many things. And this is the best way to get promoted, uh, brothers and sisters. The best way to get promoted is the, the God way. Let God promote you. Do not self-promote. Uh, you know, I, I've never believed in self-promotion. And I've, this is why I've never had a business card in my entire uh, years in ministry. I've never had a business card. Not because business cards are, are bad. There's nothing wrong with business cards. Uh, but I've just Say to myself, if God is the one that's going to open doors, he'll make people remember me and he'll make people find me. And guess what? It's just the best way to let uh, God promote you. I always put it this way. If you let God open the door for you, God is powerful enough to keep it open. 
But if you open the door for yourself, you may have to stand at the door to keep it open. You can't even go to the fridge because while you're going to the fridge to try and get some water to drink and, and, and quench your thirst, someone else may sneak up behind you and close the door behind you. If you go to sleep, you can't even rest in the promises of God. If you go to the bedroom and sleep, someone else may sneak up on you and just close that door. So do not get into the habit of kicking down doors. Don't try to open doors for yourself. Don't you know self-promote. Don't do any of that. Just you know be faithful in the little. All I've attempted to do in in ministry is to just be faithful with the little assignments that God brings before me. Now, how does that apply in real life? Uh, you know, you're going to graduate with, uh, with a master's degree. And here's what's interesting. When I graduated with my uh, uh, bachelor degree, uh, we were doing case studies of uh, Bill Gates and CEOs. I mean, we were making decisions with CEOs and in college. You won't believe this. But when I got my first job, I was, they were asking me to call out spread, uh, spreadsheets and, and make coffee. I mean, they were asking me to do menial things, man. I was thinking, what? Uh, do these guys know who I am? I just graduated with fly colors. I have distinctions in uh, strategy. <laughs> they didn't listen to any of that. They said, hey, listen, dude, you're going to have to prove yourself faithful in the little. Uh, color this spreadsheet. Go and make sales. And as I was faithful in that, you know, it started to open doors of promotion because this is the uh, uh, God method. Be faithful with the little and God will uh, promote you. He will make you ruler uh, over many things. So God said to him, because you are faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. So God's uh, way of promotion uh, uh, is faithfulness. God looks uh, for the faithful. And here I'm not talking about uh, um, you know, I'm not talking about your relationship with the Lord. You know, I always get into trouble with some of my friends who preach grace. They think that I'm talking about legalism and be, you know, law. Here, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about influence. If God is going to let you have influence over his children or influence uh, in a certain area, he's just going to look for people who are faithful. And the word faithful, let me give you some synonyms for that. Uh, some of the synonyms for the word faithful are, are loyal. You know, God is going to look for people who are loyal to him. Uh, some of the synonyms are, are trustworthy. God is going to look for people who are, are, are trustworthy, who when God tells them uh, to do something, they're going to do it. Dependable is one of the synonyms. Reliable, uh, committed to the master's cause and not to your own uh, needs. And so that's, this is why God promotes. When we're talking about influence, we're not talking about relationship. Relationship is completely by grace. But if God is going to use you to have influence over others, he is looking for people who are faithful, people who are dependable. There is a minister of the gospel, and it, this doesn't bring me joy to share uh, in this class, but there is a minister in the gospel who we grew up watching back in the 80s. If I said his name, almost everyone on this call would know exactly who I'm talking about. And back in the 80s, I mean, he would come on uh, television every Sunday afternoon and minister to us, the nation, the entire nation of, of Zimbabwe and, and many nations of the world. At that time, God had entrusted to him uh, an influence over 4 billion people. I mean, this guy with his television program was reaching 4 billion people but you know he just made one mistake I, I, you know and 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 it was just an honest mistake i'd like to believe uh he ended up um uh, i think in new york with uh, uh escorts 
or prostitutes uh, you know i don't know the actual story but he lost his influence over four billion people god still loves him but i was not comfortable to listen to him anymore <laughs> god still loves him he's still gonna be in heaven but he lost his influence why because when god entrusts influence is looking for faithful people so the second guy came and he had also received two talents verse 22 he said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And so this is very much a, a message of grace. You know, uh, uh, this is God's favor, God's grace in action. I mean, Jesus is the, uh, 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 the one that brought the message of grace. The law came by Moses and uh, the prophets uh, uh, also brought another message and, and Jesus came with the message of grace. And this is very much in line with his message of grace. And the apostle Paul reiterates something similar in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. He says, but by grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect, which means the grace of God has to be with effect. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. Uh, he says, no, I worked harder than all of them. Man, I never, ever, ever thought that I could see a verse with uh, working hard and grace in the same sentence. But there it is. He says, man, this grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. So the grace of God is also our fuel in the marketplace. It's the one that strengthens you when you are getting tired. The grace of God will give you uh, extra fuel to, to go uh, uh, further. The grace of God is our energy. The grace of God is our, is, is our fuel. And so the other guy who had one talent also came back. Verse 24. And before I read what this guy said, you know, I used to really feel sorry for this guy. You know, after all, the other one got five. The other one got two. And poor guy, one. <laughs> you know, I used to feel really bad for this guy until I googled what a talent is. A talent is about 33.3 kgs of gold, which equates to about 2.5 million U.S. dollars. So this guy got 2.5 million U.S. dollars and in today's valuation, way above 25 million rand. And uh, how many of you would say, you know what, if you gave me one talent, I would be happy. I would be a happy camper. Just, just give me one talent. You know, forget the five. And so this guy got something. He got one talent. But this is what he says. Verse 24. Now you're getting ready to read entitlement speaking. Remember, we are talking about stewardship. Now you're getting ready to read entitlement speaking. After getting 2.5 million uh, U.S. dollars. This is what, which is actually over 40 million. It just struck me that the round was at 19 the other day. This is a lot of money. This is, this is not change, amen? And uh, it says here in uh, verse 24, the one who had received one talent said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. man listen, if you gave me 20 million rand, I'll never talk to you like this. Try me. <laughs> 
Listen to what this guy says. He says, I knew you to be a hard man, ripping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the earth. Lord, there you have what is yours. Man, this guy is entitled. And God does not reward entitlement. Amen. Verse 26. He says in verse 26, His Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed, nor gather where I have not strawed. Therefore you should have put my money to the bankers, so that at my coming I would have received mine with usury or mine with interest. Now verse 28. You're going to have to hold on to your seat to read this one. Just just hold on, buckle up. You, you know, if you have to get coffee, get coffee. This is a strong saying from our Lord and Savior Jesus. And I'm so glad I'm not the one saying this. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 28. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, "Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him which had 10 talents." Stop right there. <laughs> Evidently, Jesus is not Robin Hood. I mean, he's taking from the guy with one and giving it to the guy with ten. <laughs> he's not doing it the other way around. Jesus evidently does not support socialism. Hallelujah! <laughs> he says, take therefore the talent from him and give it to the guy with ten talents. Now, the question is, we're getting ready to answer uh, Ben's question from yesterday. Supernatural acceleration, supernatural growth. Watch what he says. He says here, uh, give it to the one with ten talents. Now, the question is, what did the guy with ten talents do to deserve an extra one talent? And the answer is this supernatural moments of divine acceleration and promotion are scattered on the journey of faithfulness. While you're walking the journey of faithfulness, there's going to be moments where you get things falling in your plate that you didn't even work for. But it is on the path and on the journey of faithfulness. It doesn't happen when you're just, you know, sitting and wishing. It happens while you're taking your steps going forward. This is why scripture encourages us to not grow weary in doing well, in, in being faithful, for we will reap when? In due season, if we faint not. So don't quit. Don't stop. Keep coming back for more. Stay on the ball. I think someone was telling me Amazon made their first profit after you know 10 years uh most of the uh, uh social media startups they didn't even know how they were going to uh, monetize their platform until an average of some of them after three years they just knew this is a platform that they wanted to pursue and then later on they would think about making money you know sometimes we get too overly obsessed with the idea of making money and here i have to say making money is overrated pursue your purpose pursue what god has called you to do and the money will just become a reward to purpose you know sometimes we are just so eager to make money and we become uh, prey and vulnerable to all kinds of you know uh, uh, weird things i've seen christians getting get involved with all kinds of stuff in fact me being a pastor and having uh, influence a certain level of influence over a group of people i've had people you know come to me and offer me all kinds of uh a uh, 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 pyramid scheme ideas to say you know if you uh, can get 10 people to get on this program you're going to be elevated to this level and you're going to no you don't need to do any of that 
what you need to do is to get involved with the purpose that God has deposited on the inside of you. And as a reward, as a, as a consequence of you being faithful uh, on your purpose, there's going to be promotion. And we're getting ready to read now uh, something else that Jesus said in verse uh, 29. After he said, take the talent and give it to, to, to the guy with uh, 10. He said these words in verse 29. And these are really good principles, good life principles that you and I can start to uh, put into practice. And man, we'll see some, some great results. This is what Jesus said in verse 29. He says, for unto everyone that has shall be given and he shall have an abundance. But from him that does not have even the little he has will be taken away from him. These are hard words. Now, we have to do some explaining here uh, for you to understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not talking about the rich getting richer, uh, uh, you know, as you know, traditionally uh, uh, known. Jesus is saying here, in fact, before we even uh, explain what Jesus is saying, uh, let me define a few words. The word talent, we said, equates to 33 kgs of gold. Uh, which is uh, 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 close to about 2.5 million U.S. dollars. What that represents in this passage of Scripture is opportunities. That's what it represents. Uh, Here, when he says talent, he's not talking about uh, your ability. He's not talking about your skill, you know, your talent. uh, You know, I'm a singer. That's my talent. That's not what he's talking about. Because we know Romans 8, 29 uh, says that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. God will never ever take away your gift your talent your ability or your skill he'll never ever do that but what will begin to go away from you is the opportunity to manifest your gift or your talent if you are unfaithful so here when the master says take away from him he's not saying take away his ability to sing he's just saying take away the platform (laughs) so you'll have a beautiful voice but you're not going to have any way to sing it if you're unfaithful (laughs) Man, that's harsh. You'll have an awesome sermon, but you'll have nowhere to preach it if you're unfaithful. Because uh, opportunities, here's what I like to call the economics of opportunities. Opportunities flow in the direction of faithfulness. Let me say that one more time. Opportunities flow in the direction of faithfulness. Let me say one more thing. If you're writing down notes, this is going to help you. When opportunities and preparation meet or when opportunities and faithfulness and preparation meet records are broken the favor of god is made manifest but here's the opposite when a great opportunity a golden opportunity meets with unfaithfulness when it meets with unpreparedness you risk becoming a national embarrassment. Remember yesterday I said I was going to share with you the story of Eric the Eel from Equatorial Guinea. What happened in the year 2000 uh, Olympics in Sydney, Australia was, or 2002, one of the two, I, may, I usually mix it up. Uh, they used to have what they call the wild card. And what they would do is they would put the different countries that were not participating in uh, uh, different disciplines. And then they would uh, just pick a name from a hat. And then they would uh, just say, you know, Zimbabwe, you've been qualified for skiing. <laughs> they, should have, they should know better. <laughs> so in this year, they had a hat and they put the names of countries in the hat and then they picked Equatorial Guinea. They say, Equatorial Guinea, you've been qualified. You didn't have to prepare. You don't have to go through the uh, normal qualification process. They say, Equatorial Guinea, you've been qualified for 200 meters freestyle swimming. 
problem was they only had one swimming pool in Equatorial Guinea. And it was at the hotel in the city, in the capital city. And so they sent an email to uh, the Minister of uh, Sport in Equatorial Guinea. They said, hey, congratulations, you've been, you are the wild card for uh, swimming 200-meter freestyle in 20, 2002 uh, Olympics, Sydney, Australia. So you're going to have to send a representative. So the Minister of Sport put an advert in the newspaper. If you know anything about swimming, or you know someone who knows something about swimming, or you can spell swimming, <laughs> we are looking for a representative to go to the Olympics. Now, question, is this an, an awesome uh, opportunity? This is a great opportunity. I mean, the Olympics, some people wait 10 years, 20 years just for the opportunity to be at the Olympics. And so this is a golden opportunity. But the problem is it meets with unpreparedness. So Eric the Eel wrote back and he said, man, I can, swell, I can spell swimming. I can swim. I've been swimming in the river. And, you know, I've, but the problem was he had never seen a, 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 an Olympic-sized swimming pool in his entire life. So he looked for some sponsorship and they gave him uh, 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 nice shorts and they gave him some nice glasses and he looked like a swimmer by the time he got to uh, uh, Australia. And then on your marks, get set on the starting line on your marks get set and as they were about to say go the other two guys man you should go and watch this story on youtube it's it's a true story the other two guys who were with him I uh, made a false start, so they jumped in earlier, and they were penalized, so automatically, Eric the Ill gets qualified into the next round. <laughs> and so Eric the Ill is in the next round, man, he's in the quarterfinals, now he's swimming with Michael Phelps and them boys, man, they'll kill you. And so, on the next round, on your marks, get set. <laughs> go and everyone else jumps in and eric the Eel wouldn't jump in man they had to talk to him and you know just kind of uh, uh encourage him and then he jumped in and when he jumped in i mean the 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 people in the in the in the in the grandstands uh were laughing at him and uh when they realized you know what this is serious i mean this guy might drown they started off laughing and they went to praying in tongues. I mean, they were praying for him and saying, come on, brother. we need this guy to get out of the pool. And so this guy became a, a national embarrassment for, for Equatorial Guinea. What happened? Uh, a great opportunity met with unpreparedness. And it was a, 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 a terrible, terrible, terrible outcome. And so opportunities begin to flow in the direction of faithfulness because God wants us to do well. God wants us to represent him well as his children. So God is always going to look for people uh, who are faithful. You know, growing up, I used to think that God gives us the word to do and he just turns around and, and ten, turns around and does whatever he wants to do. Uh, but how many of you know that God does the word? Whatever God tells us to do, he is certainly doing the very same thing. And so one of the things God tells us to do in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, uh, he was talking to Timothy in, 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 and he was talking to him about selection of leadership. And this might help you. Uh, uh, God is always looking for faithful people and not talented people. He's not looking for gifted people. He's not looking for anointed people. You know, one of the greatest mistakes I ever made in ministry was to look for anointed people for leadership. You won't find that verse. Uh, the verse that you find is 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. It says, And these things that you have heard amongst many witnesses, the same commit to 
faithful man who shall be able to teach others. Why? Because ability follows faithfulness. Anointing follows faithfulness. When you're looking for employees, just look for people who are faithful. Just look for people who are dependable. Just look for people who show up on time and who, who, who uh, um, uh, their word is their bond. Their yes is a yes. Their no is a no. Just show up. Look for people who are loyal. Uh, just look for people who uh, want to serve. And uh, when you do, man, those people, the anointing of God will get on them and they will begin to just do uh, amazing in the responsibilities that you uh, that you give them. Uh, it says in Proverbs 20, 25 verse 19, uh, it says, confidence in an unfaithful man in times of trouble is like a broken tooth or a foot out of joint. He's uh, saying here in Proverbs uh is it Proverbs 25, 19 or Psalms 25, 19? One of the two. It says here, when you put confidence in an unfaithful uh, man in a time of trouble, when you're left with three seconds on the clock in a basketball match, you want to make sure that the ball is in Michael Jordan's hands. Why? Because he has proven in practice uh, that he is a faithful man. You want to make sure that the ball is in Steph Curry's hands. You want to make sure LeBron James has the ball. You're not going to give it to Tafara, you know, because he's going to disappoint you. Uh, so confidence in an unfaithful man in, tam- in, in, in times of trouble is like a broken tooth. He says, you know, man, this is going to be like a broken tooth to whoever uh, 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 is doing the delegation. It's going to be like a foot out of joint. Uh, thanks, Grant. It says it's Proverbs 25, verse 19, not Psalms. And then the last one I'm going to read, and then we'll jump into questions, is First uh, Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 2. And, and this is what it says. It says, Moreover, this is the Apostle Paul preaching, again, the Apostle of Grace. Uh, he also uses this principle of faithfulness uh, to encourage leaders, Uh, He says, moreover, it is required in stewards. When God entrusts us with things, he says it is required. It is a requirement when we become stewards of God in in the marketplace, in the education mountain, in the arts and entertainment, media mountain, family mountain, business mountain, uh, church mountain, and uh, so on and so forth. He says here, moreover, it is required. It it is not an elective. Some of you may remember in, in college, in university, there were electives and there were core courses. You know, electives, you could pick what you want, one or two, and then do those. Uh, Core courses, you had to do those. This one is a core course. When it comes to stewards, he says it is required. It is a requirement uh, that a man be found uh, faithful. So I just thought to encourage you with this. I don't know where you're at in your journey, uh, in your assignment. I don't know, you know, what your business is going through. Uh, But there's a call uh, from God Uh, to us as God's children to be faithful. You know, uh, uh, in the role that you're in right now, it may not be the most uh, glamorous role. We read uh, yesterday uh, that Jacob excelled in just being a shepherd boy and that prepared him to excel as a shareholder. And so these principles apply uh, uh, throughout the entire spectrum of life, whether in ministry, uh, in business, uh, in in sport, uh, in family, uh, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to be faithful. I always tell people, if you have not mastered how to be faithful with numbers from zero up to nine, uh, you can forget calculus. If you have not mastered how to be faithful with the alphabet from A to Z, uh, forget literature, forget reading, forget, you know, writing books, forget the greater. 
uh if he's not faithful as a boyfriend he's definitely not gonna be faithful as a husband don't promote him <laughs> amen and uh this is it man i'm seven minutes over time uh but we're just gonna take three more minutes to answer any questions uh, that you guys may have before we shut it down so the first one here is what does it mean to be faithful in the family mountain how do you see growth and abundance in this area there are certain people that god has really called to be stay-at-home moms and these days we have stay-at-home dads and i believe uh, uh it's it's not something to be looked at uh as a as a as as a, as you know a substandard assignment from god it is it is the main assignment if god has called you to be a mom to be a dad and to uh uh lead in that mountain god will uh, uh excel you in that mountain and uh will give you influence in that mountain and you can begin to use your skills as a mom and a parent and stay at home mom uh to teach other people how to uh, live a balanced family life uh, and when god gives you influence over the family mountain there are people god has given tremendous supernatural influence over the family mountain that go out and teach people the godly kingdom structure of what family should look like uh, then shall a man leave his father and mother's house and he shall be joined to a woman uh, in 2020 we need people to break it down like that amen and so the family mountain is very important and uh it you know we, we have people that god has called to to be in that mountain and everyone else god has also called you to be committed to your family uh first uh the the order of priorities is always god and then family and then your assignment is after your family. Your job should never be important, more important than your family. Uh, even when God wanted to reach a city, you would always start with the family. You would always start with the man, the woman, and their children. Even when God wanted to bless uh, the entire nation of Israel, you would always start with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a lineage in one family to reach the entire nation of Israel. So God values uh, family and so uh, should we the next question is uh can i keep going we are uh, already um out of time uh, ben it's 22 we have two more questions should i keep going or we can answer these questions tomorrow is that okay okay all right cool it says how do you strike a balance between doing the best uh where is that doing the best uh you can and allowing god's grace to operate uh in your assignment i think one of the things we we start at grace you know, uh, there is no such a thing in the kingdom of God as just doing the best that you can. You shouldn't be doing uh, the best that you can. You should be doing the best that God can do through you. And so you should allow God to always flow through you. I mean, the things that God has gotten me to do uh, in, in ministry and in business, uh, you know, if, if you ask my mom, the, the, the woman and my dad, the parents, my parents, the people who raised me, uh, they would tell you that there is no way in the earth that they expected me to be doing what I'm doing today. They raised me. My mom told me. She said, I raised you. I know that you are not that smart. <laughs> this has to be God. And I said, yes, ma'am, you're right. This has got to be God. You know, she raised me and she saw my grades from grade one uh, all the way to high school. And she told me, she said, there is no way you 
you, you, the one that I raised, I changed your, your, your diaper. There's no way you could be doing this. And so, there's, you know, we should never ever get to a place where we depend uh, on self, but be always open to be uh, 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 letting God flow through us. And these qualities that we talked about, faithfulness, God has already empowered you through his grace to be that. God will never ask you to be something that's impossible for you to become god has already empowered you to become loyal faithful dependable and uh, so on and so on and this these are just great qualities to have in life amen and so uh, uh i think it's awesome the next question is where do you draw the line between self-promotion and genuinely wanting to create awareness uh for your business for example uh, I think there is marketing. You should definitely engage in marketing. Uh, you should definitely get involved in uh, things that gets your business out there. Uh, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit what the motive of uh, doing what you're doing is. Uh, whenever we cross the line and we get into the motive of just wanting to uh, be the, the ones that people are going to look at. and For example, I can talk about uh, me in ministry. Uh, in, in, in a ministry setting, man, when you're always just trying to get a speaking engagement, always just trying to get people to hear this new revelation that God has given you, just trying to put yourself out there. Sometimes, you know, you can cross over into uh, self-promotion and it's not a it's not a it's it's not a healthy place to be uh, uh by no means do i talk down on uh, do i discourage uh, uh business cards you should definitely have a business card uh, you should definitely go out there and uh, give people your contact details and so on and so forth. i just use that in the context of ministry sometimes you know uh, people get into self-promotion with things like that they just overly uh, 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 offering their services sometimes without any relationship and I believe we should do it by way of uh, relationship so yeah uh, the next question that was it that was the last question and so over to you Ben sorry guys we went three uh, minutes over but tomorrow we're going to be on time God bless you <laughs>